tell my wife this quite a bit. Quite a bit. I always say, I still can't believe you married me. I, I mean, she's so pretty and so smart and so such an awesome wife and an awesome mom. And I'm like, wow, I really married up. <laughs> I tell her that. I said, I just, I just can't believe you married. That was maybe last Wednesday. We leave it to her. I said, I, I can't believe you married me for real. Wow. I'm still happy. Amen. After 19 years and counting, I'm still happy, happy, happy. And uh, she loves me. She loves our children, but she also loves you. And uh, so she's taking the time to spend with the Lord to get a word. And God is, well, she doesn't have to get a word to preach because she's always in the word and God's always talking to her. He talked to her in a funny way, and I, I enjoy hearing their conversations. So will you all please stand one more time and welcome the woman of God as she comes to minister to us. And let's receive her with a hearty hand, type of praise and thanksgiving unto our God. While you're standing, let's go ahead and read our scripture. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. We'll read one verse and then we'll put your word out there. The man of God said it. I believe the prophet. That your answer's in my mouth today. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord. And okay, so media, I got a new Bible. I'm now New King James. Welcome. I figured, you know what, I said, you know what, the man of God preaches from the New King James, and I come in here every week, two times a week plus, with the King James, but I said, now why am I doing this? So I converted, but I didn't get rid of my old Bible, amen. Amen, let's read this together, let's read. Not that I have already attained, or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that which for Christ we're going to do that again for me. <laughs> Let's do that again for me. I got tongue tied. Let's do that again. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Amen. He's, yes. Yes, he laid hold of you for a reason. Amen. Lord, we honor you. We bless you in this house. Oh, we lift your name up, Father God. We declare that you are our God, and besides you, there is no other. Lord God, we just want to say this morning that we love you, and we love your word. We receive you through your word. We receive Jesus. We're asking, Father God, that your Holy Spirit will be our teacher this morning. God, as I open my mouth, and I declare what you've given to me, I'm asking that the Holy Spirit break it down so that your people can receive it. We bind the spirit of the Antichrist that will try to out-teach and unteach everything that your people will receive today. We've already declared that your people are good ground for the seed of the word. So, Father God, as I sow this morning, I believe. That's right. I believe. I stand in full faith that it will fall on good ground. So, Father God, as I release these spirit-revealed truths with spirit-filled words, you be glorified and your people be edified in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may take your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, 
is really uh, into us, his people. And, and when we get that, and we begin to understand that, you know, when we talk about God being mindful of us, God thinking about us, God loving us, you know, God wanting to prosper us, we're not just, you know, talking gibberish. We're not just making things up. This is not hype. This is not hype. This is not fluff. This is not cotton candy. It's real. And I'm going to tell you, if it were not real, I'd be the first one that was out. Because I don't, I don't jump on bandwagons. I don't go with the flow. I don't, I, I'm just not, I've never been that person. So, you know, I'm telling you, when I tell you that this word works, I've tried it and I've proven it. I, we've said it time and time again. We don't know uh, how we got out of debt. We don't know. We don't know. You know, when you're looking down, oh, the barrel of 275,000, you know, with four children. <laughs> oh, oh, minimal pay. Oh, goodness gracious. Somebody, yeah, somebody got to hear me now. Because I think a lot of times you hear this stuff and it just becomes like wah, 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 like the Charlie Brown teacher. You just kind of hear it, but you don't really hear it. You know, and I tell people all the time that we're not shocked by anything people tell us. We're not shocked by what anybody's going through because we've been through it. We know what it is for your ends not to meet. We know, what, we know what that means. We know what it means, my goodness, to have children looking and they won't stop and you can't provide it. We know. We know what it means to have people calling your job, calling your home, calling your neighbors, calling people on Facebook because they found a church and they linking people up and they putting all your business. We know. So when I tell you that when we stand up here, we're on your side. And we found out that the word of God is truth, and it will work for anybody who works it. Well, Pastor Kim, you went to college. I didn't use the degrees. Pastor reminded me when I went into child care, I went to work for the YWCA, bless their hearts. Maybe they'll still be around if they would have did me right. But when I, I went in there with two degrees, I left uh, my corporate job, and I decided that I wanted to teach children, because that's probably what I should have done from the jump. And I love preschool, and uh, I got the connection to meet, oh, the best preschool teacher in the world. You know, I know there are other preschool teachers, but she was my mentor. Uh, Miss Charlene Blue taught me everything I learned about educating children. And uh, I got connected with her when I sat down in her office, and she said, Mrs. Anderson, that's what she would call me, and she dropped her head to the side. I saw your resume, and they're offering you $7 an hour. Seven dollars an hour. I said seven. I said seven is the best they can do. Seven. And she came back with seven dollars and a quarter. Pastor just reminded me that the other day, that seven dollars and a quarter. A girl with two degrees, at that time three children, and guess what we had done? We had just went and got a brand new truck. Cause we're so smart. See, I'm telling you, you can't shock us. So the agreement was, hey, I know what I can do. I know what I can do. I, I know how to work this thing. I'll go get a job. And when I did the calculations at $7.25 an hour, I would make enough to make that car note, so no sweat. So we understand. We understand the mess ups. We understand the boo-boos. 
No condemnation here. No judgment here. But my goodness. So, you know, when I speak, listen. I'm, I'm really, I'm on your side. I walked the walk. There was no trust fund. Ain't nobody leave me no inheritance. I'm thinking I'm getting written out of stuff as the days go by. You know, I'm telling you how this thing is really working out. We spent the 401k money as soon as I left the job. So I'm telling you, there was, there was nothing, there's nothing else. There's no business. There's no trickery. Y'all know the church was in debt right along with us being in debt. The bank was calling the church. So no, we didn't get rich off of the church. Because there's a secret. We pastor people who are on the come up. They've not come up yet, but we're pastoring people who are on the come up. So we didn't get rich off the backs of anybody. But what we did was, man, we got in this word, and we found out that it is really true. Now, I got to tell you something funny. You guys, I, one day I'll let you guys come to my house. Many of you have been there. But just to hang out. No function, no nothing. Just to come and, and sit on, yeah, it's, oh, it's going to always be food. You know, and sit on the, uh, one of the recliners, put your feet up, and just hang out. Because my house is really funny. And I think, I think it's so funny because everybody kept speaking over us that our children would be weird because we've homeschooled. They've never been in regular school. They don't know what it is. They make jokes. Like yesterday, Lydia was saying she was going to go. <laughs> she was going to go to Lakewood and pretend like she's been there. She's going to only show up one time because Jonathan wants to play baseball for Lakewood. She says, hey, when you go there, tell him your sister Lydia. <laughs> your sister Lydia went to Lakewood. Hilarious. But a lot of funny things going on in our house and a lot of the material uh, that the Holy Spirit ministers to me comes a lot of times through my children. And today will be no different. Uh, Tuesday we were uh, at home and Lydia, not Lydia, Olivia, yeah, Lydia and Pastor came back to the church for choir rehearsal. So typically on Tuesdays it's just Jonathan uh, and uh, me at home. And Jonathan went outside, you know, he's, he's into that sports and he likes to work out and so he went outside and today he's gonna practice baseball. And it was very interesting because he hadn't practiced baseball in quite some time. Now, baseball is his primary sport. He's really good at it, but that's, that might be the problem because he's good at it. He doesn't practice as much as he probably should. So he went out and he set up the big net in the front yard and he's out there throwing. I'm in the kitchen, I'm cooking so I can see the ball whipping past the window and he's just throwing, he's just throwing and he's throwing and he's throwing and he's throwing and he kept throwing. And then finally I hear the garage door, he comes inside and he just plops down on the sofa. So I didn't pay it any mind, I just kept cooking. But I knew, you know, if you're a mom, you can kind of tell, okay, something's a little different here. Uh, and he just laid there and then finally he said, he said, Ma, and I said, oh, here it comes. He says, Ma, I don't have it anymore. I'm getting teary-eyed. Because when you know your children, when they come in and they say something like that, he says, Ma, it's gone. I said, what? And so he's despondent, he's dejected, and so I knew not to be, I just needed to listen. And I said, no, you still got it. So he goes to his room. So I know this is real, because he did, that's all he said. He goes in his room and he lays down, and I'm still trying to cook, and I go into mommy mode. So I run in the room and I say, hey guy, come on. You gotta have it. You, you, you've had this thing since you were four years old. You, you, you know, it's in you. He says, no, ma. I said, okay. I said, what if I call some friends over? 
I, I know what I can do. I can call your baseball friends over. You guys can go down to that park or get in the front yard, and you just throw, and you just throw, and you throw. And he was like, hmm. I said, okay, I can do better than that. I said, what if I get you a private instructor that, you know, I'm willing to pay for somebody to train you. Maybe you're at that point where you need a trainer. I'm ready to shell out whatever because my baby is, is laying across his bed hurting, hurting. And I can hear it in his voice and I know he was vulnerable because it was just, you know, it was just me and him and the, the sound in his voice. You know, when they come, it's, it's gone. Father God hears us. And he steps in, like Pastor just told us from John 5. He saw that guy laying at the pool. Well, he sees you in your situation. So he says, no, nah, he says, I'll be all right. He says, I'll be all right. So puts his headphones on, and I go back in. And I'm talking to God. I'm cooking. Okay, God, tell me what to do. And there was nothing to do. He says, so just a little time passed. Pastor comes home with the girls. And we don't have many secrets in the house. We have some secrets, but not many secrets. And so we're all sitting down at the dinner table. And so I said, hey, guys, you know, man, Jonathan had a rough day today. So I'm telling them what happened. He came, he, wait, well, let me talk about the dinner time, dinner table when it got out. So we're at, yeah, he talked to his dad. But uh, we're sitting at the dinner table, and I'm going to tell everybody, hey, Jonathan had a rough day. He came in. He said, hey, I can't do this. It's gone. It's gone. Ma, I don't have it anymore. Well, if you've ever been to my house, you'll know that I'm not the only mom in the house. There's me, and then there's mommy number two. I'm not gonna call her name. We'll just call her the merciless mom, but she's mommy number two. And she looked up at him, poked her lips out the only way that she can do, and looked over her glass and said, well, why are you in here? <laughs> she said, why did you come inside? There are lights out there. So I'm, I'm like, yo, 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 no, no, no. If you want it, you should have been out there. Then she said this. She said, you should keep working until it works out. She said, you need to keep working until it works out. And then she went on about her business. Yeah, just like. She says, if you are serious about this, if you want this outcome you say that you want, then why did you stop? Why did you throw in the towel so quick? If you really wanted this thing to work out the way you wanted to work out, then you should have still been outside. You shouldn't have been in here laying on the sofa, whining, crying, bothering anybody. You should have kept working until it See, ladies and gentlemen, there's some things that we've got to keep doing. There are some things that we have to keep doing until that thing breaks. I'm telling you, Gloria Copeland says it this way, inconsistency lies the power. 
But there's more than consistency that we need. You gotta have some persistence as well. That means you gotta be willing to come up against an adversary, come up against a wall, come up against some rain, come up against some frustration, and keep punching and keep punching and keep moving until you break through. You've gotta keep working at it until it works out. I said, my God, I told him I'm preaching that. Because I stopped and I thought about what that girl said. Now she was talking about Jonathan, but if your spiritual ears are up and words go forth, she was talking to me too. So why did you stop? Why are you not persistent? about this thing you say you are, this thing you say that's in you, this thing you say you, why did you quit? Think about how many things you've quit doing. How many things you've shelved? How many things you put on the back burner? How many things you just came and laid on the sofa about in the spirit realm, despondent and dejected? How many things? When somebody said you couldn't and you can't, did you quit it? I mean, I thought about that kid, and, and I know why Lydia was so hard on him, because he's never played with his age group. He was six years old playing farm league, you know, coach pitch at, at, with the eight-year-olds. We watched him at 12 years old make that 127-foot throw from third base to first base without any problems. We watched coaches barter barter over a 12-year-old. Y'all bartering over, my ch over a 12-year-old. Which coach gets to get Jonathan? And he comes in. Yeah, 15 U coaches and he's 13. He was, exactly, he was playing tw at 12, playing with the 15 U. And the coaches, can jack a ball? Now you can't run fast. You gotta hit it hard. I mean, I'm just gonna tell you, we're not buying slim cut suits. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> Ain't gonna be no slim cut. But he's been, he's been, he's been doing this thing since he was old enough to put a glove on and throw it. And you, you know, you understand what I'm saying? He had the preschool teachers tagging out walking around with baseballs in their pocket. You're out, you're out, you're out. Pastors would come visit the church and they gotta play toast with him in the back hallway. He can slide like nobody's business cause he's been sliding on that terrazzo since he was three years old. Run, slide, and come up on your feet. Never overrun the bag. He, I'm telling you, there is something that's already on the inside of him that because he ran up against one little bit of obstacle, one little bit of rust, one little bit of time erosion, and he was ready to say, it's not in me. But it is in you. Go back to Philippians chapter three, verse 12. Go back. It is in you. It's already in you to win. He's already given you the victory. He's already caused you to triumph. He's already made you rich. He's already healed.
hold your body. He's already set you free. It's all. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, please. Let's go back there. It says, I admit. This is Paul. That I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. He says, but look at this. Look at that conjunction right there, but. Oh, I know I ain't there yet. But I press on. The moment you see the word press, it tells you that there's some level of opposition, some resistance that's coming up against you. He says, but guess what I do? I press on. Why? That I may lay hold of that for which Christ also laid. There's some things that, that, that Christ has already given you, and it's the whole reason he's chosen you. There's some things that accompany our salvation. There's some things that, that because we are Christ, they belong to us. Wealth and prosperity belongs to you. Health, healing, divine life, it belongs to us. Peace, joy, happiness, laughter, they belong to us. Long life, hallelujah, it belongs to us. But can I tell you something? You got to press on. You got to press on. You got to keep working until it works out. Well, what's got to work out? Whatever it is you're working on. You don't stop until you have received the end of your faith. You don't stop until you have the manifestation of that thing that God says it's for you. To come short of that is to quit. To come short of that is to lay down and allow the devil to steal from you what already belongs to you. Now, think about this. Go over to Matthew chapter 14. Go over to Matthew chapter 14. And verse 24. You know this passage is very familiar. This is the passage of scripture where Peter walks on water. Now, Jesus had just been with the multitude he went away to pray. He looks out and he sees his boys, who he told to go ahead and go to the other side. They're in the middle of this lake and they're struggling. Right. Oh, they're struggling. Why are they struggling? Because of contrary winds. Things were coming against them. But Jesus comes out walking on the water, right? And, and they thought it was a ghost and they were afraid. And he says, hey, fear not. It is I. And Peter, Peter, who was already in contrary winds, says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. And what does Christ say? He says, come. What does Peter do? He gets out of the boat and he goes to Jesus. And he begins to walk on the water. Now, it says that he began to look at the winds. He began to consider the winds, how boisterous they were. And at that moment, he began to sink. But my problem is, 
the winds were already contrary, Peter, when you stepped out. It's always been hard for you. You've always had opposition. But when you didn't pay the opposition any mind, you were able to step out and do the supernatural. But it wasn't until that you gave, I said, until you gave your attention to the opposition that you did begin to sink. So Jesus takes him. He made it all the way to Jesus because Jesus reaches right out and takes him. Gets back in the boat. The sea calms down. And he says this. He says, oh, you of little faith. Why'd you doubt me? Better yet, oh, you a little faith, why'd you quit? You were doing it. You were doing it. You were doing it. Why'd you quit? Ask your neighbor, why did you quit? That wasn't your dream. That's not your talent. That's not your skill. Come on. That's not your idea. Why did you quit? Why did you quit? Now tell me why'd you quit? You know, I, 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 like, I don't really like sports, but I like sports. I'm like I tell you, it's safe stuff on TV. It's, it's just really, you know, it's safe. Now, the US Open just ended, and uh, Serena Williams was playing. Now, I'm not a Serena fan. However, however, she is the greatest of all times. I don't give a hoot what anybody else might want to say. I'm not even counting any numbers. I'm not, this girl is the greatest. She don't have to win anything else in my book for me to just say, you are the greatest. Do you know how many opportunities she's had to quit? How many, hey. Yeah, how many opportunities to stop before it even got good? Black girl out of Compton? Playing tennis? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Go on the court and celebrate your ethnicity with beads all over the place. Judges, uh, you know, fining you because your beads came off and now there's a delay of play because we got to find all 1,100 beads that just flew off your head. And at 38 years old, still competing, still winning, still making it to the finals, still doing her thing, finishes that, go to New York Fashion Week, display your whole line of fashion. How did she do? She doesn't quit. And that's without the grace of God. I said, and that's without the grace of God. I said, and that's without the grace of God's supernatural ability. Working on your inability. Making you able to do things that will astound the world. Ask your neighbor again. Why'd you quit? Why'd you quit? Why'd you quit? Why'd you quit? You gotta keep working it until it works out. Let's keep going. You gotta keep working. Say that, say, I gotta keep working till it works out. Can I tell you something? Anything God's given you is guaranteed to work out. It's guaranteed. 
If I can find it in this word, it's a guarantee. And the sad part about it is most things we're calling promises are things that are already done. Oh, I got a promise of healing. No, it, you've already been healed. Oh, God made me a promise. That's why we got to be careful with, with these promises because we're calling things promises that are already done. I don't have to promise to cook dinner if the, the steak is already or the roast is already in the crock pot. I don't have to promise. It's already, I didn't cook. Okay, just, <laughs> don't, don't get tuned up a pot roast because I didn't cook. But do you see what I'm saying? So I don't have to promise a pot roast if I left the pot roast cooking in the crock pot. God has already healed you. God has already delivered you. God has already given you long life. God has he's already done it. All you have to do is lay hold on it. It's not a promise. It's done. Your victory is assured. But you just got to keep, why? Because you have an adversary. I said you have an adversary. It's every tennis player's dream to beat Serena. It's every tennis, I'm telling you, Naomi Osaka came out there last year and it was just her dream and good thing Serena got tired. I said good thing she got tired. She beat her. But you know on a good, good day, what? Because you know next year she couldn't do it. See, when you get somebody's ticket, you can do it consistently. You can do it consistently. But when you have decided that that's the prize and nothing's going to stop me from laying hold on it, you don't care anything about fatigue. You don't care anything about time delays. You don't care about what naysayers, hecklers. You don't care. Why? Because there's something you know that belongs to you, and by George, I'm going to have it. I'm not leaving anything on the table. That's the resolve we have to have, all right? So don't quit. Go over to Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 36 in the Amplified. Look at this. I'm going to show you what you need. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36, Amplified Classic. It says, for you have need of steadfast patience and endurance. You need endurance. You know, because a lot of times, you know, we saw the, the gentleman at the pool of that's there in John chapter 5, and his manifestation was immediate. Yes. And anything Christ does is immediate. Yes. However, when you're working on something, it might take this little factor called time. It might take a little, you know, factor called work. And so it might take a little longer than you were expecting it. That's why you have to have patience and endurance. Why? So that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. You have to have, say it, say, I need, I need patience, patience and endurance. Say, I can't keep quitting. See, I, I decided I'm too old to keep quitting. I mean, you know I'm not that old. I'm only 47. But I'm too old to keep quitting. I mean, quitting was cute when I was 17. 
you know, this week I was into this, and next week I was into that, and then I was into this, and mama bought me this, now I'm into that, and daddy said, oh, this is cute, now I'm into that. I'm too old for that. It's time. It's time to go ahead and perform and fully accomplish the will of God. Now, everybody's will for their lives is different. I don't know what God's called you to do. You know, because he's placed certain things, certain gifts, certain talents, certain skills inside of you. Now, he put them there. But can I tell you what he's not going to do? He's not going to work them out of you. He put them in you. It's up to you to work them out. You've got to work out your own salvation with fear and shame. He's already saved you, but you've got to work it out. All right? Now let's go back to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. We're going to go through verse 39 in the CEV. Listen to this. Keep on being brave. It will bring you great rewards. Learn to be patient so you will please God and be given what he has promised. As the scripture says, God is coming soon. It won't be very long. The people God accepts will live because of their faith. But look at this. But he isn't pleased with anyone who turns back. We are not like those people who turn back and get destroyed. We will keep on having faith until we are saved, until we take hold of everything that go along with our salvation, until we take hold of our peace, of our prosperity, of our joy, of our happiness. Come on, all those things that have been promised to us and given to us, we can't stop until we have them. We've got to keep on having faith. I've got to keep on having faith. Now here's where the problem has been. Too often, between Sunday and Wednesday, and then Wednesday to Sunday, we let go of what we've heard previously. So what happens is you gotta come back in the next day and the foundation has got to be relayed because between Monday and Tuesday, you just let it go. Well, no, Pastor Kim, that's not, yeah, 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 it's very easy. Ask me how I know. I've done it. It's very easy to start something in January, and by the time you get to June, there's no evidence that that was even something you were going to do. Why? Because somewhere along the line, I gave up. I stopped giving attention to it. But can I tell you something? You're not going to lay hold to any of the things that we're learning about in this word if we keep quitting. Go to Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10 in the message. My goodness. So let us not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. Don't get tired. Well, Pastor Kim, I've been doing this for, and nobody's purchased anything. Oh, I've been working on this for, and nobody pays any attention. I've been uploading YouTube videos for this long, and I still don't have any subscribers. I've been, oh, hush. Stop getting tired and keep going. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour when that one product, that one video, that one idea, come on, just becomes the most important thing in the world. 
But you won't get there if you quit. You've got to keep working at it until it works out. Well, what if it never works out? That's impossible. Because when you're operating in your purpose and in your design, it's impossible for it not to work out. So you gotta not get fatigued. At the right time, look at this. At the right time, when? 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 Maybe now is not the right time. But it doesn't mean you're supposed to quit. Well, I'm not getting any traction. I'm not seeing anything. Maybe now is not the right time. I've come to learn that, you know, we heard this message uh, of, of debt freedom a long time ago. Brother Tony, actually, was the first person to talk to us about being debt free. And he actually bought us some books from Crown Ministries. And he said, Pastor, you really need to go through this. You need to take your church through this. You guys really need to do this. You got to get out. And I'm telling you, man, it wasn't the time. Oh, yes, it was. It had to be the time. No, it couldn't have been. Because I know me and my mindset at that time. I would have went right back into debt like I did. And he would have wasted all that money. I said he would have wasted all that money putting us through, us through courses that we were not ready for yet. We weren't ready. I mean, we had somebody pay off our first truck. Supernaturally, God sent somebody who I don't even know if they really, really liked us like that. You like us like that? I didn't really think you liked us like that. But God just sent this person to pastor's office and said, hey, the Lord sent me here to pay off your truck. Middle of the week. Not doing a church service. You turn in, come in the office, hey, I'm here to pay off your truck. You, what? Amen, Jesus. Y'all know what we went and did? We went and financed two more cars. <laughs> no, we did. We went and financed two more cars. Because it wasn't the time. But we didn't quit, quit listening to the message. We didn't close our ears to it. We just kept saying, okay, God, okay, God, you got to help us. You got to show us. You got to help us. Come on, God. And we allowed that word to get down into us and to grow up and to grow up and to grow up and to grow. I said, and to grow up and to grow up. Listen, a lot of us, the truth is, man, I wish somebody would just pay off my debt. The Lord knows you'll go right back because you've not yet learned how to deal with pressure. I said, because you've not yet learned how to deal with pressure. Tell your neighbor it's because you haven't yet learned how to deal with pressure. Tell them just like that. No, I didn't hear the inflection. You haven't yet not learned how to deal with pressure. Listen, you've got to keep doing it and keep doing it regardless of whatever kind of wind begins to blow. See, there was a time when we couldn't save money. I said there was a time when we couldn't. I didn't say we didn't. I said we couldn't save money. Why couldn't we save money? Because when pressure came, we went right into the envelope. I'm back to zero. Yeah, because you've not learned yet how to deal with pressure. But now? But now? I said, but now? But now, you better wait on Jesus because we're not going in that. You can cry. Your belly can be hungry. Oh, well, we just called a fast. Praise the Lord. 
because we're not touching that. I said we're not touching that. I said we're not touching that. We're not spending that. They won't get that. At the right time. At the right time. You know, I, I just know that God wants people out of debt badly. He wants them out of debt badly. He wants his people living prosperously badly. It's his, I mean, he sent Jesus for it. When he sees us in debt, okay, allow this, please. He sees a violation of the blood of Jesus Christ. So it grieves him. Well, how can you say that? Well, you know what the scripture says. For you know the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, he was rich, but for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. He did that on the cross. So anytime we still hold on to these debts, I said anytime we just keep holding on to these debts, I said anytime we just keep holding on to these debts, we just violated the blood of Jesus. Nuh-uh. Yeah-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, that hurts. Oh, but it's truth. But see, you've got to keep working with that word until you understand that. And it actually grieves your heart to see that. I mean, we remember services sitting here grieving, grieving, grieving. Because now we have the revelation. It's ours. That, ooh, this, this hurts God. But we knew that if anybody would have given us, say in 2010, $100,000, $200,000, and say, hey, go handle this, we probably wouldn't have handled it. Probably, we probably wouldn't have handled it. No, we probably wouldn't have handled it. No, we probably wouldn't have handled it. We had an Escalade like nobody's in the whole city. Y'all know me. Y'all know me. Shoes for days. Y'all know me. But at the right time, we will harvest a good crop. Say that. Say we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up. We've got to keep doing, keep doing with patience, keep doing those things we know are good. We've got to make ourselves do it even when we don't want to. We've got to make ourselves do it when it's not popular. We've got to make, make ourselves do it when we don't understand why we're doing it. Well, I'm just trying to understand. I'm just trying to get a little more understanding about I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, oh, hush! No, you've got to, listen, we know it this way. Do not get weary in well-doing. So don't get fatigued. Don't get tired in doing what you know is right. Have we lived it before you? Anybody know us and have known us more than three days? Anybody know? Raise your hands. Y'all knew us when we was in debt? Y'all knew us, right? Y'all knew us. Now, y'all know we're not going to steal nothing from anybody. Both of us, very afraid of prison. Very afraid. Very afraid. I mean, I can watch live PD, but I can't watch Locked Up. I can't watch it, because there's something in me that says, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Do, I can't do that. I, I just, I, I can't do it. Walking around in little flip-flops all the time in an orange jump 
We didn't take anything that did not belong to us. We didn't take, I'm telling you, we were so, listen, if I was shopping for the preschool and I was grocery shopping at Walmart for them and home and my soda or my gum got caught up in that, it got caught up in that, as soon as I, I said, Pauline, look right here. That's my gum and my soda. I'm putting this back in this envelope because that the church, that, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not. I got to keep, I got to keep doing those things that I know are right so that I can get to a place where I reap a good harvest. And we will. I said we will if we don't quit. Say it. Say, I will reap if I don't quit. I've got to keep doing what I know is right. That's what Lydia was telling Jonathan. If you would have just stayed out there, I said, if you would have just stayed out there, you would have worked it out. Well, he goes back outside. A couple days later, Thursday, he's back out there. Heat of the day. He's back out there. And I get in the car to go to the store, and as I'm backing out, he sitting there, I roll the window down. He says, Mom, I got it. I said, what? I said, uh-uh. I said, uh-uh. I said, uh-uh, you don't have it. And he did, he had that net way down at the end of the property line and the square that's in the middle right there. He was standing on the other side of the driveway and he right in the square. So good that it drops right into the little bow, the basket that can. I said, son, you got it. I said, oh, yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Mama gonna go make her t-shirts now because boy, you got it. But he had to go back out there. I said he had to go back out there. There's some things that we've got to go back out there. We got to get back into it. We got to go ahead and we got to just do it. Pick it up again. Dust it off. Go back to it. What is it? What is it? What is it? This ain't for your neighbor. This is for you. What is it? What is it that you abandoned? Because it got hard. Oh, you were a little rusty and it, it didn't, you, you know, I've done some things, Janika understand. You'll be crocheting a blanket and you'll just be sitting up all night, you'll be crocheting, 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 and you just doing it, doing it. You got about 80 rolls in and then you hold it up and it's not a square. It's like some freaky trapezoid kind of thing. And you're like, oh God. And then what you gotta do is you gotta take it all apart. 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 Now those women on Etsy, when they mess up like that, because everybody messes up. I said, everybody messes up. I said, everybody messes up. I said, everybody messes up. But when they unravel it, they don't look at it and say, oh, I ain't doing no more of this. Ball it up, stick the hook in the ball and throw it. Nope. Guess what they do? They get back at it. They get back at it, and they make sure they're counting those rows. They make sure they're counting those rows until they hold it up, and it's a perfect square. There are too many things that we've given up on. I said too many things. Because we just wouldn't put the time in when opposition showed up, all right? So I'm going to give you just this one little line I want you to remember. Our prosperity is tied to our persistence. You will reap a good harvest. I said, you will reap a good harvest. If you don't quit, you will. You're not sowing in vain. You're not praying in vain. 
You're not praising in vain. You're not reading and meditating in vain. You will reap a good harvest if you don't quit. If you don't quit. But can I tell you something? If Jonathan would have hung up the cleats, packed the bag, put the net away, I'm telling you what happens when you allow uh, dejection and despondency to set in. You'll look up and your little friends will be trying out for the baseball team and you'll be the scrub sitting in the stands. You know, crying because you see them on Instagram and Facebook, they traveling on the bus going to do things and you just sitting there, why? Because one little bit of opposition, one little minor setback, I mean, he forgot that, you know, the Rays, you know, pitcher will go out there, Blake Snail, my goodness, good pitcher, right? Cy Young winner, right? After he wins the award, he goes back out on the mound and can't hit the broad side of a barn. Couldn't find the strike zone if you painted it for him. I mean, my goodness, he was supposed to be, this is the best in the league. You're it. Now, just imagine if he'd have went in there and said, Coach, I'm done. Uh, coach, I, I just, I just, no, that ain't what you do. You get up early, you get in that gym, you get with that pitching coach, you, he sits on that bucket, and you just start with the basics. Start with the basics. Give me a four seam, give me a two seam. Let me see your slider. Oh, oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. You know, uh, what do they say? Slow leg, fast arm, or fast arm, slow leg? What do they say? So, that's all you have to fix, slow leg, fast arm. And then all of a sudden, you're back. I said, all of a sudden, you're back. But you can't get back if you keep quitting. Go over to Luke chapter 18. I'm gonna give you a couple of examples of people who don't quit and who reap a good harvest if they don't quit. We know her as the persistent widow. Hallelujah. And we're gonna start at verse one. Luke 18 says, my prosperity, my prosperity is tied to my persistence. Hallelujah. I'm going to find it. Media has it, but I want to read it in my Bible. All right. Then he spoke a parable to them. This is Jesus, that men ought to pray and not lose heart. Right? Yes. Saying there was in a city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. So we know that he's not talking about God the Father, right? right. Nor is he talking about himself. Okay. Now, what is he talking about? He's talking about prayer. He's talking about prayer. The subject here is prayer. But he's going to paint us picture of how we ought to be when we pray. Too many of us quit praying too quickly. Pray one time and think we done just tore heaven up, destroyed the works of darkness with that one little 10-minute prayer. Baby, you barely got your engines turned over with that. But Jesus is going to teach us how to pray. Amen? Verse 3, now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. Anybody here got an adversary? Now, your cousin is not your adversary. Your boss is not your adversary. The devil, that's your adversary, all right? And he would not for a while. He would not what? He would not get her any justice. But afterward, with, uh, afterward, he said within himself, though I do not fear God, nor require a uh, regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her lest by her con 
By her what? Her what? Continual coming. She weary me. Keep going. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall, not, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out to him day and night, though he bears long with him? I tell you that he will avenge them how? Speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith? On, now we're talking about prayer. We're talking about prayer. But why is God likening prayer and now talking about faith? Because your persistence is a sign of your faith. See, you don't really believe you can have it when you quit. You don't really believe you can do it when you stop. You don't really believe it's yours when you throw in the towel. He says, but listen, I will avenge this woman of her adversary. Why? Because day and night, day and night, she was continually in my face. She was continually serving the judge, the unrighteous judge, the enemy, the adversary, whatever you want to call it. Notice that I'm going to have myself some justice. I don't care what it looks like today. I'm going to get justice. I will be avenged of this. Oh, this will end. Oh, this. Come on now. This will stop. Oh, and I'm not going another day. And I'm going to stay in his face until it moves. And so guess what? She received the end of her faith. I will avenge her how? Speedily. Now, was it speedily, truly? No, speedily came once she got to a place where it warmed down. See, we're thinking speedily is, I prayed one time and it happened. No, speedily is once you've manifested your faith, now I can step in. But see, during that other time, you weren't quite sure. You know, I'll write one letter. I'll write a letter. I'll make a post. I'll ask one time. Nope, you've got to continually pray, continually ask, continually demonstrate your faith, and then you will be avenged. How? Speedily. All right, let's keep going. Go over to Mark chapter 7. It's another girl. I said it's another girl. Girls are up. I love men, amen, but I'm telling you, let the scripture tell you the truth. A woman who's wanting something, a woman who needs something, a woman who's made up her mind, she can't be stopped. That's what bothers me with some of these younger women. Well, I'm gonna talk about them. They quit so easily. He said no one time. What does that mean, no one time? Pouting and carrying on, don't pout. Keep going for it. Keep getting mad about it. Keep, it, keep your mouth on it. Oh, y'all just see. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, I, listen, I'm gonna say this, and I mean it. There's nothing I've wanted that I've not gotten. He my witness. Now whether I keep it or not, that's a whole nother thing. But I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. 
Thank you, Laquanda. I mean it. I mean it. From God. Not from him. Because he let it be known a long time ago. You asking the wrong father, you asking the wrong daddy. Take it to him. I've had Gucci. Tori. Just to, just to put a name on it, if you need a name, just to. I've been healed. I've been healed. I got my children in the school with no help from nobody. Oh, well, you need to go and sit in this meeting. I ain't got time for no meetings. I ain't got time to join no organization on how to homeschool no trip. I don't have time for it. Father God, I'm not paying for college. So that's how I went. I ain't paying for college. Runs into a guy. This is how you do it. This is what you need to do. Hey, that's what we need to do. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Here we are. Ain't paid a dime for college. I said ain't paid a dime. I said ain't paid a dime for college. And I'm not going to pay a dime. I'm not gonna pay a dime. I'm not gonna pay a dime. Handbags, I've given away more handbags than I own. Diamonds, I've received diamonds and given them all away. I just draw the line at my wedding ring. I just, cause this man make you use your faith. <laughs> Be walking around with a silicone band. <laughs> you make you use your faith, you know? Gold, giving it away. Giving it away. And not giving it away. Don't, don't take it that way. Sown it. Put it in the ground. Persistent. Because here's the truth. The joy is not in having it. The joy is in landing it. Once you land it, oh, well, I'm over it. Oh, well, I'm over it. And then you move on. Okay, some persistent women, y'all. Mark chapter 7 Verse 24. Look at this mama. I said, look at this mama. I said, look at this mama. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered our house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. Now Jesus was trying to hide. I said Jesus was trying to hide. But you cannot hide from a woman who wants something. You can't hide. You can't, you can't. She was on a mission. I've been tracking Jesus all through the region. And I heard he's in this house. Now if you read Matthew's account, she was so adamant about getting to Jesus, the disciples said, hey, you want us to send our way? This woman was serious about having an audience with Jesus. She had a problem. There was something she needed. Come on, let's keep going. Uh, she heard her daughter has an unclean spirit, and she heard that Jesus was in that house, and she came, and she fell at his feet. No time for formalities. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and look at this. And she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. She kept what? She asked one time. She asked two times. No, she kept asking. She kept asking. And Jesus kept ignoring. I said Jesus kept ignoring. Well, why would Jesus keep ignoring? 
Well, first of all, she was Syrophoenician. She was a Greek. He had not yet come. It wasn't their time yet. I said, it wasn't their time yet. I said, it wasn't their time. It's not your time yet. I said, it's not your time yet. I said, it's not your time yet. But if you want it bad enough. I said, but if you want it bad enough. You can break the barrier of time. They broke the sound barrier. Something they, they thought would never, ever, ever, ever happen. But who broke it? Jaeger? Chuck Jaeger broke the sound barrier. You can break the time barrier. This woman did. She said she kept asking. She ke I said she kept asking. How many times have you asked? Now I don't mean you making noise. I'm talking about you're asking in faith. Listen, I'm gonna just tell y'all the truth. I, I can, you know, people got some real needs. And I get to hear about them because I pastor. And I say this over and over again. No, people ain't desperate. They ain't desperate. You know why they ain't desperate? I ain't had now a bit of snot on my dress. Not that I want it, but I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying. This alt ain't tore up enough. I'm just, well, maybe I do that at home. No, no. See, when you really want something, you ain't about no shower praise. I said, when you really want something, it's more than I'm laying down before I go to sleep and I wink at Jesus and say, Lord, you know, I really want it. And you, no, no. I'm talking about where you don't care what people think. You don't care what you look like. You don't care what your image is. You don't care about how you dress. You don't care about your makeup. I gotta have it and I gotta have it now. Well, I'm just, I'm just stronger than that. No, 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 no. You just don't want it bad enough yet. You know things that I really want badly? I'll go without some things for a long time. Because some things require a seed. Oh, there they go. Yep, here I go. Here I go. Okay, nobody needs to tell us we need a car. So don't nobody come tap and say, y'all need a car. We see the big old three children squishing that back seat. <laughs> we hear them arguing. I have Jonathan's foot on my seatbelt and his knee right at the armrest. Oh, I know it. We could have bought many cars by now. I said we could have bought many cars. I just talked to you because you, I can talk to you. I could have bought many cars. Not with that. I could have bought many cars. But there's some things we're working on, Elise, that it requires some major seed. And if being in a Kairos moment or driving so that it looks all right with, with people, I get a seed every time. I said, I'll give the seed every time. I said, I'll give the seed every, every time. I'll go without every. Where are we? Mark chapter 7? Mm-hmm. She kept asking to cast out the demon, but Jesus said her, to her, let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dog. And she answered him, she not done. She didn't turn around and walk away. Oh, my feelings hurt. He hurt my feelings last Sunday. And Pastor didn't have to say that like that. And Pastor Kim didn't have to come at me. Yes, I did. I have to come at you just like that. And said to him, 
She didn't even get ugly. She said, yes, Lord. I said, yes, Lord. Yet, even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, my God, for this saying, will you make Jesus just say, my God? For this saying, go your way. The demon might go out of your daughter. No, it already, it already has. Why? Because she was persistent. Because she was persistent. Let's keep going. Go to Proverbs 24 and verse 16 in the Passion Translation for us. We know this. The just man falls seven times, but he gets back up. Let's hear it in the Passion. Thank you, Jesus. For the God lovers, for the lovers of God may suffer adversity. You see that? You're going to go through some things, ladies and gentlemen. And you might stumble seven times. But guess what? They will continue to rise over and over. It didn't work. It didn't get better. It did. What does that mean? It just means you have an adversary. That's all. He, I mean, he is working. But guess what you're supposed to do? Rise over and over again. But the unrighteous are brought down by just one calamity. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. But the, un, un, the unrighteous are brought down by just one calamity. And look at this. And will never be able to rise again. But we're not unrighteous. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when things come at us, it's not supposed to knock us. We're not supposed to be out for the count. Come on, we're supposed to be able to get back up. Amen. Now, what about this? Go to Romans chapter 4 and verse 13. I'm just going to show us how to, how to work it out. What about this guy, Abraham? And you can do that in the New King James Version. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. For the promise that he would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And we've come to understand by now that our faith is demonstrated by our persistence. Uh, drop down to verse 17 for me, please. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Verse 18, who, look at this, contrary to hope, in hope believed, so he became. You can stop right there. Contrary to hope. Well, Pastor Kim, I don't have enough money to get that off the ground. Contrary to hope. Pastor Kim, I don't have enough money to pay off that debt. Contrary to hope. Pastor Kim, they said I'm past the childbearing years. Contrary to hope. Pastor Kim, they said I need one more certification. I need one more degree. Contrary to hope. In hope believed. So he became. What do you want to be when you grow up? What are you in the process of becoming? But if you quit, or if you lose hope, you won't become. It's not too late for us to do anything. I said it's not too late for us. There's no such thing as time for us. 
we're not exactly right. We're not bound by time. But he, contrary to hope, he's our father in the faith. We're supposed to consider Abraham, right? In hope, believe, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. Okay, so what about Paul? So what about Paul? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 through 11. And then we're going to skip down to uh, verse 55. Thank you, media, for your help. Look at Paul. He says, for I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, look at this. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored how? I labored how? Oh, I don't hear enough people. I labored how? Then they all. Paul said, I outlabored all of the ones who walked with Jesus. I outlabored all of the ones. I'll outwork you every See, that's the difference between the people we're gawking over on the Instagram and us. While we're gawking, they're working. While we got our legs crossed and they're producing. You're watching their videos that took them five and six hours to create and three more hours to edit. You're watching it, but they're outworking you. He says, I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, Paul had a secret weapon. Yet not I, but the grace of God was with me. Is the grace with you? Look at this. But by the, verse 11, therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and so you believe, we got the end result. Why do we get the end result? Because I labored. Who takes the credit? Don't make me any, never mind. He says, because I received the result I was looking for, the belief of the saints. Amen? Go down to verse 55. Same chapter. Oh, look at Paul. Man. Oh, death. I mean, you got to really be with God and labor a whole lot to get a revelation that death has no power over you. You know, I'm telling you, I've had, my husband has had, my children have had many things go on in our bodies that required medical attention. They required you should you really should see somebody about that. You know, you should you should you should see you should see somebody about that. You you really should see somebody about. You really should see some. You ain't seen nobody about that? Mm-mm. Death! I'm not afraid to die. Where your children might be, Mm-mm. I'm not afraid to say goodbye. And because I'm not afraid, I won't have to. No, will they? I'm not going to live in bondage to that. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? Keep going for me. The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. We're going to keep going. Yeah, we're going to keep going. All the way to 58. 
The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. 57? I cannot get 57. But thanks be to God. But thanks be to whom? God. But thanks be to whom? God. Paul ain't thanking himself. He did a lot of labor, but he understood it's the grace of God. But thanks be to God, right? Who does what? Who does what? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 58. Therefore, since I already have the victory, therefore, my beloved brethren, here's his admonition to us. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We got to keep working, ladies and gentlemen, until it works out. Keep working at it until it works out. Well, I don't get it. Keep working at it. My dear, my homework ain't getting done. I'm just turning it in like, no, 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 no. Keep working at it. I don't understand it. Keep working at it until you do. Well, do you understand it? No, I don't understand it. But you better, I already got my grades. But you know why you don't understand it? Because you're so busy trying to get to the PS4, the Xbox 360, the, the, the Instagram, the, the Facebook, the, all of that garbage, and then you show up the next day with no understanding. I had to go to bed. Who said you had to go to bed? We're oversleeping. Yeah, I'm being a mama right now. I said we're oversleeping. I said we're oversleeping. Don't nothing come to a lazy joker but some poverty. Well, they got to be to school at 5 in the morning. So what? They don't understand. They need some more time. I don't think they like this part. This part right here. You're quitting. You're quitting. You're quitting. I believe homework is unlimited attempts. I said homework has unlimited attempts. Students who are not making 4.0s, homework has unlimited attempts. Why did you turn it in when you looked at the answer key in the back and it was wrong? Nope, you keep going until you get it. Well, Pastor Kim, I don't understand. It's called Khan Academy. It's called Homework Helpline. Yeah, but you don't want to get it. You don't want to get it. She yelling, yeah, I'm yelling. Yeah, I'm yelling. Yeah, I'm yelling. Yeah, I'm yelling, because we are the righteousness of God, with the grace of God, doing things of God, representing God, and we're not representing him well. And we're quitting because we keep running into opposition. And sometimes the opposition is not without, it's within. Well, Pastor Kim, I'm failing, I don't understand this, and I don't know my multiplication facts. Well, get those flashcards out. Get them out until you know them. I'm too old for flashcards. No, you're not too old for flashcards. Oh, no, you're never, you're never too old for flashcards. You ain't never, ever too old. I still go over my multiplication facts. I'll catch myself sometimes, and I'll just be standing there, because sometimes 7 and 8 and 9, they'll get you every now and then, and 12 and 11 might trip you up. But I keep my mind sharp. You're not going to come quiz me with 7 times at 49. 49. 49, 49, 
49. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta work on it. You gotta work on it. Nine times seven, six to three. You gotta work on it. Why? Because at some point, at some point, there'll be some task that I'm asked to do that will require me to know it. But if I quit, way back there in the third grade, see most of our children quit in the third grade and we let them quit. We let them quit, because he got to go to bed. He ain't got to go to bed. He ain't got to go to bed. When you go into Disney World, he ain't got to go to bed. He ain't got to go to bed. I got to get up and go to work in the morning. What that mean? Running out of Bible study like the man of God ain't got nothing to say after the benediction. What you running so far? I got to go to work in the morning. For what? You ain't doing nothing when you get there. You drink coffee for the first 45 minutes, a bagel for the next 30, and then you check the Facebook for the hour after that. You ain't doing nothing. Stay here until you understand. Don't walk out the door till he done talking. No, you don't want it bad enough. I said you don't want it bad enough. Because when you really want something, See, I, I don't know. I might get, I don't know what John, I don't know what I'll have to do next to help him with his little baseball thing he got going. Because the boy is good. The boy good. The boy good. But if I didn't see Thursday, I wasn't going to spend a dime. And see, if I didn't see it Friday, again, I wasn't going to spend a dime. Why? Because I can't want it more than you want it. See, pastor can't want you to be, and that's, that's why you fuss. Let me help you. That's why you fuss. Because a lot of times, you want it more than the people want it. Because you've tasted the liberty. And you can't figure out why, when I tell you something is this good, that they don't sell off everything they have to buy their freedom. That's what you don't get. That's what you don't get. That's your frustration right there. Because you know what you were willing to do. See, I'm going to help you this. You, you know what you were willing to do. And you get frustrated because you don't know why they're not doing what. You know how many years? I said years. We had no furniture in our house. 2,500 square foot of empty. But God said, go. Can I tell y'all something else since Pastor aired his business? I don't mind airing some. When we left our house on 16th Street, our mattress was so bad, we couldn't take it. Paulina and Robert gave us the mattress out of their son's room when he left to go to college and his headboard. That was in my master suite, somebody else's bed. Because I wasn't going to rooms to go. I wasn't going to finance nothing. I wasn't going to go and spend what we did have to impress nobody. Because if we don't do something about this 200-something thousand standing over our head, if we can't show God that we're serious, I can't nothing about that. Can't nothing. I can't listen. 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 Thanksgiving. Family coming. My rich brother. Come, my brother's rich. Oh, Jesus. He throws away more than most people make in a year. 
black man. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. They're coming to my house with their whole family for the first time ever. God, why are they doing this? <laughs> They're bringing my sister-in-law's mom. Father, this is a joke. Because in our family room is the television that used to be in the field house that we purchased from the church with a big old tube on the back of it. I mean, it was so old and antiquated, Goodwill didn't, wouldn't take it. But we needed a TV in that hole where a TV is supposed to go. Now, we could have gone to Best Buy and, and better yet, I'll make it real, because Best Buy might not have helped us at that time. But Badcock would. Badcock helped everybody. They'd have helped us. But we weren't doing that. I said, but we weren't doing that. So one Saturday I'm driving, and the Lord says, there's a yard sale. I'm, I'm talking about how bad do you want this. He says, there's a yard sale in your rich neighborhood. I dreamt about it the night before. He showed me that I would have a sofa in that living room and chairs. I got up that morning, and sure enough, on Friendly Way, there was a yard sale. And there was a sofa and two chairs, and we were able to get them for what? $50. Now, 100 50 for the sofa, 25 each for the chairs. In this big old house with a pool. But God said, go, and he said, I'll fill it up. Not you fill it up. He said, I'll fill it. But we wanted what God had shown us so badly that whatever it took, we were willing to do it. We were willing to do it. We were willing to sow when we didn't know where it was coming from. We didn't know where it was coming from. $1,000, yes, we'll sell $1,000. We'll make $1,000, but we gonna do it. Where are we getting $1,000? We ain't gotta, you, what in the world? You shutting off the, the, the doggone whole house? Woof. How water heater, shut it off. We going out of, where are we gonna get? But when you want something bad enough and you're persistent about it, and when the pressure comes, I don't care who showed up at the door, this is what it is. This is what it is, and the Lord, family, you up. I'm telling you how bad this thing got. Y'all not understanding, I'm a girl. And for me, my home is very important to me. I'm a girl, my home means something to me. Now my brother's family, they learned to love me. And they decided that they were having a family reunion. And guess where the reunion was going to be held? At my house. The house with no furniture. My children are skating in socks and playing volleyball in the living room. Your voice is echoing from, I mean, the echo was, you couldn't. Oh, we're hosting the family. Oh, family, okay, we can handle 
family. Oh, your members from your church are coming. Oh, okay, so this is not a family reunion. This is district meeting. Because then I hear the doorbell ring at the house with no furniture. The state bishop is at the door in his Escalade with his driver. At the family reunion at my house with no furniture. But we're not gonna give in to this pressure. I said, we had a little furniture, you know, I had a dining room. Listen, I had a dining room set from 2004, we still have it. Yeah, 2004, that we didn't buy. Oh God, family room furniture, we didn't buy. It was new when it was given to us, but anybody know that when you have four children and cloth furniture for 12 years, it can look a little, but we hosting a family reunion with the state bishop, but we wanted what God said to us so badly that no matter what the pressure was, we persisted and we stayed with it. And when I tell you now, the house is too full. We're having to get rid of things. We're having to call, hey, come pick this up. I can't, it. we're replacing the furniture. Not with debt, not with anybody, something they gave me that I gotta take because I ain't got nothing else. No, now you get to a place where now you can get the desires of your heart because you proved yourself faithful over the little. And so now when the much comes, I said when you will reap a good harvest if you don't quit. If you don't quit. So like Pastor says, I'm not going to make any apologies to anybody. Why she buying them kind of shoes? Because I can. Why she carrying that kind of purse? Because I can. They don't need all that furniture. Yes, we do. You will reap if you don't, what, quit. You've got to keep working until it works out. We couldn't see, it wouldn't be faith if we could see it. If we could do it, it wouldn't be faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. What you're looking for, you can't see it. You can't see a multi-billion dollar corporation. Not when you're looking at $28.73 in your checking account. You can't see 3,000, you know, 300,000 views when you videotaping with your little iPhone and the screen cracked. But you keep doing it, and you keep filming it, and you keep baking it, and you keep sewing it, and you keep trying, and you keep trying, and you keep, you lose some sleep until you have it. You will receive. You will reap if you don't quit. What about Jesus in Hebrews chapter 12? For the joy that was set before him. He is. He's the author and finisher of our faith. Looking unto Jesus. That's how it starts. The author and finisher of our faith. But for the joy that was set before him. Endured. 
endured. Do you know at any moment he could have said, I ain't doing this. This is too hard. Garden of Gethsemane, he was saying, this is, he was like, this is pretty hard, Father. I didn't know I was going Ooh, I can handle the persecution. I can handle the talking. I can handle them spitting on me. I can handle all of that, Father. I can handle them plucking my beard and that crown of thorns. That was no joy. But I can take, but my God, I got to hang here? I got to hang here? I got to hang here? For three days, I got to I gotta hang? Three hours, I got to hang? I got I to gotta die like. But he endured the cross. Thumbing his nose at the shame. Paid no mind so that we could be saved. And now, I said, and now, he is seated on the right-hand side of the Father on his throne. Hallelujah! He received it. He's back to what he asked for. I think it's in John chapter 17. Father, give me back the glory that I once had when I was with you. He has it back, but he had to endure. He had to go through a little bit, man, so that he could read, so that he could obtain, so that he could lay hold. All right, what about Peter, y'all? We're not going to read these, but think about Peter, Matthew chapter 17, right? Verse 19. Oh, my goodness, man comes with his son. His son, bad off, man, throwing himself in the fire, full of demons, cutting himself, just bad off. And they go to Peter and the other disciples, hey, help my son. They couldn't do nothing for him. I said they could do nothing for him. And the father goes to Jesus and says, yo, these guys running with you, they couldn't help me in the least bit. What? You know what happens? Jesus casts the demons out, tears the boy a little more. Jesus tells them to come out, it come out, then Jesus has to go have a talk with them. He says, yo, cuz, this kind of don't go out by, by faith. This kind of power only goes out by faith. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? How long do I have to suffer with you? How long? You gotta have faith to do this. Do you know that was a major loss for Peter? Major embarrassment? To have to be corrected and chastised by Jesus for something that he's been training you to do? Now, you know, Peter wanted to quit. He did quit for a little bit. Went to do a little fishing. Chill for a little bit. <laughs> and Jesus came back to him. I'm the voice of Jesus coming back to you. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed the sheep. Do you love me? Lord, why you keep asking, do you love me? Well, then that same Peter who suffered loss, shame, failure, over there in Matthew, by the time you get to the book of Acts, he's preaching like nobody else has ever preached. You get to what, Acts chapter 9, and he heals the paralytic. You get a little further, then he raises Dorcas from the dead. The same Peter! Who couldn't cast a demon out of a boy? The same Peter who had to be corrected by Christ for having no faith. But if you don't quit, I said, but if you don't quit, you will reap. Go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 9. I think I gave it to you in the complete uh, Jewish Bible.
It says this, so keep doing what you have learned and received from me. What you have heard and seen me doing, then the God who gives shalom will be with you. You gotta keep doing what you've learned. You have to keep doing what you've received. You've got to keep doing what you've heard and seen, and then guess what will happen? The God of shalom, the God of your peace, the God of your prosperity, the God of your felicity, the God of your security, he will be with you. But you got to keep doing it. Pastor Kim, keep doing what? See, I just closed it. You got to keep believing. I said, you got to keep believing. You can't call it faith when you do it one time. Faith is substance. Faith endures. Faith is something we walk out. Faith is something that we are told to stand in. So you got to keep believing. Guess what else? You've got to keep confessing. Matthew chapter 11, verse 23, if you say, you got to keep confessing. Well, I've been confessing. Well, keep confessing. Well, how long do I have to confess? you got to keep confessing until you believe it. Keep confessing until the mountain moves. The mountain has been commanded to obey your voice, but if you stop speaking, it won't move. Keep confessing. Come on, you got to keep praying. I said you got to keep praying. Well, how long I have to keep praying? Men ought to always pray. We're told in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 to pray without ceasing. Keep praying. Well, I've been praying. Pray some more. Can't hurt. Come on. Keep meditating. Joshua 1 and 8. Meditate on these words of this law, this book, this Bible, those who are preaching it. Meditate on it day and night. And then... And then, not because you meditated one time, not because you heard it one time, not because you wrote something down on a post-it note and stuck it on your refrigerator. Clear your refrigerator off with all those notes. All that paper everywhere all over your house. Get all that. Why? Because it ain't got to be written on your refrigerator. It's got to be written in the tablet of your heart. Well, I'm just trying to keep it before my, my eyes. No, you need to get it in your heart first. Get it in your heart. Get it in your heart. Right? And then you'll have good success. Watch this, keep forgiving. I said, keep forgiving. Well, I'm so done, I hurt my feelings, and I'm just done, and I'm walking out. Walking out to who? Who wanna put up with you? This one is proven they like you, stay. But it hurt my feelings, forgive. How many times, seven times a day? No, 70 times seven. You don't really wanna start over, just forgive. Keep forgiving. I said, keep forgiving. But they keep doing the same thing. She keeps saying the same thing. So what? Keep forgiving. You keep doing something, somebody's forgiving. I mean, how many times is your boss forgiving you for being late? How many times they overlook that subpar performance? Keep forgiving. Say, I can do this. And I'll reap a good harvest if I don't quit. Come on, keep loving. Keep loving. Your faith works by love. If you get out of love, well, how do you know you're out of love when you get over into a fence? The moment you get over into a fence, you're out of love. Why? Because people who you love and who you know love you, they can say whatever they need to say to you and you take it. 
I mean, how many times has your mama, just, just think about black mama. Anybody, I got a black mama. She'll tell you your, you, your breath smell like an old lady. Your armpit smell like a man. Come on, back in the day they used to say your mouth smell like hockey, if anybody know what that is. I never figured out what that was. No, she tell you, call you a D dummy. I'm just thinking all the things you know black mama say. And guess what? You never stopped loving her. Ooh, when the Lord said brain, you thought he said rain and you put up your umbrella. My mom would say that, because she's a little corny, but she would say that. Ooh, y'all ain't nothing but heathens. Mom, really? Now, she said a lot of loving things. That's why we're where we are today, because mommy took good care of us. But I'm telling you something. You kept loving her, and you didn't get offended. You might have pouted, but the moment she said, hey, I got dinner, you ran right out. Yeah, you just, you just didn't pay it any mind. Why? Because you kept loving her. With all her harsh correction, all her tough love, you just love her, <laughs> and you keep loving her. She can't do any wrong. Don't talk about my mama. You were just mad at her last night. Yeah, but don't talk about my mama. Fight the whole neighborhood about your mama. Why? Because you've learned how to not even hear those things because you know why she's saying them. You got to keep sewing. I said you got to keep sewing. Oh, you got to keep sewing. You want to be rich, right? You want to come out of debt, right? Listen, your little job is not going to do it. We did the math. We did the math. We would be paying Sally Mae, oh goodness, I'd probably be good in 60 something by the time we walked out of those little, those little payments. Good in 60 something by the time you just keep sending them $103.12, $103.12, I'm like, you really? 220, where was 221? Dog, how you, dog. 221? My bad. You didn't even go to the college for that, did you? And you took good care of it. I salute you. I do, because I didn't know why I didn't. Oh my God, but we kept sewing. I said we kept sewing, we kept sewing. Listen, go to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. I just, I gotta hit this because this is what's gonna get most people's problem in here, financial. The reason you wanna punch your husband in the eye cause you broke. The reason he wanna slap you down cause you broke. Because if you had money to just sit up and laugh all day long, you'll sit up and laugh all day long. Go and eat a ribeye all day long. I told the women Friday night, I'm going to tell my husband because I don't want there to be no secrets. I said something, then they have something to hold over on you. You know, when we were broke and uh, we were poor, bless God. We made the struggle look good, though. My husband would not go to the mall with me. He didn't, he didn't like the mall. He didn't, it, it didn't, because he had the budget. He knew what was coming in. He knew what had to go out. And so when I would say, hey, the kids need shoes, or I need this, can we go to the mall? It was hard for him. Because, okay, I got this faith working. You know what I'm saying? I had the shopper's anointing. But to him, oh, I had the shopper. I kept the house. Listen, when you got as many people in my house, all of them growing, 
you got to have something working on your side. And so there is a shopper's anointing. And uh, I would say, hey, we got to go to the mall. And I ain't going to the mall. And if he would, you know, be gracious and drive me, he'd sit in the car. Because it was pressure for him. It was pressure. Because all he saw was rent, light bill, student loan, water, you know, credit cards, credit cards, credit cards. Oh, just, and, it, it, and he couldn't cable. Cell phones, you know, uh, 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 no cell phones, you know, but uh, 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 in his ear. And I'm saying, hey, I need to go to the mall because I need some new black pants. My, you gotta go to the mall. Hey, you gotta get new black pants. You gotta go to the mall. You gotta get new black pants. And all he could hear was, how much you gonna spend? How much you gonna spend? But when we got out of debt and got over into the first level of abundance, and we got there because we were paymasters of the gospel. We kept sowing, and we kept sowing out of our deep poverty. Kept sowing, kept sowing, kept sowing, kept sowing. Now, now, this joker have been at the mall more in the last month than he's been in his whole life. <laughs> ah, yes, yes, yeah, the kids and I have been taking notes. We like that joker. Like, Let's go to the mall. Let's go to the mall. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> but no, but there, if, even if that's not how he sees it, he's a lot more pleasant when we go to the mall. He's a lot, he's a lot. Hey, go try that on. Let me see. Yeah, that look, yeah, yeah, you ought to get that. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't got to believe him. Yeah. Why? Because the pressure's gone. And how do we get the pressure off of us? We kept sowing. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Just look at this. <laughs> you know I'm telling the truth. Come on, girl. Let's go to the mall, girl. <laughs> that, might be, that might be a little bit of me. <laughs> look at this. It says, cast your bread upon the waters where you will find it after many days. Give a servant to seven and also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. Give a servant to seven. Oh, God. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty, uh, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or the north, and the place where the tree falls, there it shall lie. He who observes the wind will not sow. You pay any attention to the pressure, you won't sow. You've got to make up in your mind that sowing is the only way I'm going to get out of this financial pressure. That's contrary winds. You got to sow your way. I wish there were another way. But listen, those things that you have heard in us, seen in us, learned from us, you got to do them. I'm telling you how we did it. We sowed our way out. We sowed with, man, pastor got the revelation about that scripture in Psalms where you, you know, bringing in your sheaves, you go out rejoicing. Or you go come back in rejoicing, but you go out sowing in tears. You know, you're crying. You know why you're crying? Because you're looking at these little kids. That's the Passion Translation. You're looking at the children's faces and know that you got hungry bellies. But I'm about to go take this $100 for church. I'm about to sow this $20. I'm about to sow this $5. I'm about to, these kids need this. Again. Oh, my kids need mm -mm. What they need is for you to get out of debt. Because if you close your eyes, with this on you, they're not going to be very happy with you. They're not going to they're they're be standing there and they want to say some well wishes, but they're not going to be very happy. 
You know, they might say Papa was a Rolling Stone, whatever the lady said, and all he left us was a loan. Not a loan, but a loan that we got to pay. We sold our way out. We didn't pay attention to our needs. Definitely didn't pay attention to any wants and desires. Didn't pay attention to the voice of the evil one. You're going to run out. This going to be the one that, nope, and we never did. Why? Because this word is truth. And he who guards the winds, the clouds, will not reap. Let's see the next one. As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of hers with child, so you don't know the works of God who make it. I can't explain to you how the seed works. I don't know how it works. I don't know why it works, but I know it works. All right? Uh, if you go also over to Isaiah 32, it, it says, Blessed is the man who sows beside all waters. Blessed. Blessed. That's right. That's, uh, let's see, Isaiah 32 and 20. Yeah, blessed are you who sow beside all waters, who send out freely the feet of the ox and the donkey. That's taking care of your man and woman of God. Oh, uh -uh, I can't see myself and my children need. I'm sorry. That's how. You can work your plan. You can, you can work your plan. You can work your plan. But go home today and do the calculation. How long will your plan take you? Oh, well, if you just, you know, throw an extra $50 on that student loan payment, it'll go away. I'm a witness. It will not. It will not. We called and we found out why that thing wasn't moving. They said because the interest is added onto a student loan daily. So there is no day where there's no interest being added. So you got to keep sewing. Guess what else? You got to keep praising. Even when you don't feel like it, find a dance, find a song, find a hymn. Dude, make you a song. I know that's right. Twirl, leap. Let's get over being cute. Cute is not going to fix your problem. Cute ain't going to fix it. You got to keep praising. Go to Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15 for me. Keep praising. Hallelujah. Therefore, by him, let us, look at this, continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. How often are we going to do it? All the time. We're going to do it continually. Oh, just do it when you're in church? No. No. Continually. Continually. Praise him everywhere you go, every chance you get, all right? We're going to keep serving. Keep serving. Don't get weary in well-doing. You will reap if you don't faint. And then you know what Pastor and I are going to keep doing? We're going to keep preaching. Can I get 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 in the Passion Translation? We're going to keep preaching. Why? We have to. Hallelujah. We have to. We have to proclaim the word of God and stand upon it no matter what. Do you know how hard it is sometimes to preach what we preach? Oh, my goodness. To preach the good rewards of the good news to people who are trying to pay their rent. You know how hard it is to tell people to sow? Most times I just want to give people something to sow. Here, just go, just go sow this. 
But that's not how it works. That's not how it works. It's hard. But guess what? We've got to preach the word of God and stand upon it no matter what. We've got to rise to to the occasion and preach it when it is convenient and when it is not. Oh, Pastor, you know, you had a lot of guests here last week. You should have toned it down a little bit. No. 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 Well, it's not, you know, they might talk about you. So? So? When it's convenient, when it's not. Preach, look at this. In the full expression of the Holy Spirit, with wisdom and patience as you instruct and teach the people. We can't stop preaching it. We've got to keep preaching this. Finally, let's go to this one last place. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 in the Passion Translation. Thank you, Father God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 in the Passion. It says, we are like common, clays of jo- common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that I, the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's and not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure. Anybody experience some pressure? Look at that. We are not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do, but look at that last line. But quitting is not an option. Quitting is not an option. We're crushed. I felt the pressure. Listen, we come in here most times and feel the pressure right in here. Yeah, some of y'all come in, it's the truth. I'll just tell the truth because I love you and I got to tell the truth, right? And I'm a black mama, so I'm going to tell you the truth all the time. You know, your faces just tell us, I don't want to hear this this Sunday. Here he go again. I'm going to hear this mess. I don't hear this mess. I don't even know what I'm cooking today, and I ain't got no money to go out to eat. So I don't want to hear this mess. Don't tell me nothing, and it's the fifth of the month, and I still don't have my rent. Don't tell me nothing. I don't want to hear nothing about your shoes, your belt, your car, your house, your rich, your safe, your, your necklace. Your... No, I don't want to hear nothing about that garbage. And I'm trying to figure out how to get tires on the car. I don't want to hear nothing about your churn, and I don't want to wear my churn off. That's how they would say it in Louisiana. I'm not churn, because I don't want my churn off. You know? I don't want to hear nothing about that. I don't want to hear nothing about your marriage, and I can't stand this joker sitting next to me. I wish they'd go somewhere. I don't want to hear nothing about how much you love your wife. I don't want to hear nothing about that garbage. No, for real. No, for real. Hear nothing about you being out of debt. I don't want to hear nothing else. I don't want to hear nothing else. We heard it already. Don't say it again. Some of your faces come in like that, like, don't say it. Say it again. I wish you would. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. again. I ain't going in there this Sunday because I don't want to hear that mess. I know what what he's going to say. I'm rich. Ain't nobody want to hear that garbage about you rich. And my baby need diapers and milk. I don't want to hear that garbage. We're not going to quit. Quitting is not an option. Quitting is not an option. Why? Because it's by the word that you will overcome. It's by this preached word that you will overcome. I'm not going to stop getting in your face. I'm going to tell you the truth. Just hide from me if you don't want me to say nothing. No, I'm, 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 I'm serious. Because if the man of God is talking about going to a good land, good land, Tools, where things are supposed to be nice and right. If you come in and you tap off your shoe, I'm going to say something. Hey, 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 
hey, go ahead and take them off. You tan up the floors back there. So I say it, I will say it. I say, oh, baby, you ain't got no tap on your shoe. You got some flip-flops in your car? Men get kind of creative and want to mix those patterns and it's ugly. I'm going, hey, your wife dressed you this morning? I'm not going to say they did it. I put it on the wife. But you see what I'm saying? We've got to challenge each other and correct each other and reprove each other and rebuke. Why? Because we're working out some things. See, here's the truth. A lot of stuff, a lot of things, a lot of habits we have, we have them because we think they're okay. And do you know that there's some things that just won't fly? You know, I tell people all the time, listen, don't go to college. How are you going to tell somebody not go to college? I will tell your child. If you can't tell them, I'll tell them. Bring them to me. No, you're not going to college. Why? Because if you didn't give up sleep in high school, if you couldn't stay home and miss the football game in high school and you knew that paper was due, if you kept sleeping in class, missing the bus, missing days, showing up late, here's what I will say. Do not go, because not a dime. Leave that grant money for somebody who really wants to use it. Well, Pastor Kim, he don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to you. You ever heard how you talk to me? I don't want to talk to you either. Well, Pastor Kim, how you... You know why? Because somebody has to tell me. Y'all don't want, I keep telling y'all you don't want to sit with my Alberta. You don't want to sit with him. Oh, that dress is nice. Oh, you wearing that to church? Oh, no, baby, that's too short. You can't wear that in here. It's like my days. No, 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 no. Did you really mean to say that like that? Okay, okay, we're going, okay, we done talking about that. Okay, he'll, okay, we done talking about that. You know what it is to be grown and your husband go. All right, that means, that mean, hey, let's, let's, hey, hey, you're crossing over into something else. Hey, 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 because there's a good land. There's something we're working on. There's a place we're trying to go. You, you see what I'm saying? There's things we're believing for. There are dreams we have, and we're not going to get there if we keep quitting, and we're not going to get there if nobody can preach to us and challenge us and correct us even when we don't want it. Don't come in here, I don't want to, I don't come in here. Don't come in here, I don't. Here she come, here she come, here she come. I see Paulie, she go like this, here she go, here she go. Here she come, here she come, here she come. Yes, what you gonna say now, what you gonna say now, what you gonna say. But she listens, she hears it. She hears it. You see what I'm saying? Stand on your feet, I'm done. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Quitting is easy, of course. Quitting is easy. You run, you just, there's no resistance to quitters. 
But man, to keep going in the face of opposition, to keep going, man, when you feel like you can't, but there's something called the grace of God. Can we just thank God for a moment for the grace? Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for your strength working in me, through me, and on me. Thank you, Father God, that I can win. Lord, we bless your name and we honor you and we exalt you for your goodness and your kindness. Thank you for your grace working on us. Thank you, God, that we can do it. We can lay hold. We will receive the end of our faith, oh God. We will be everything that you've called us to be, Lord, because we won't quit. We won't turn back. God, you said that you take no pleasure in those who draw back to perdition or to destruction. God, no, we're going all the way with you. We're going to press on, Father God, and lay hold of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. We won't, Father God, stop until we hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what we want to hear, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for your patience that you've exhibited with us, oh God for not giving up on us and not quitting on us, Father God. Thank you, God, for loving us past all of our issues. God, we commit today that we're going to keep working until it works out. We know that our victory is guaranteed. So, God, we won't let go. We won't let go, Father God. We won't stop. God, we won't even slow down until we become all that you've called us to become. We love you, Father God. We thank you for this word. We thank you that this word has found good ground in the hearts of your people, and we will reap a hundredfold return on it. We thank you and we bless you now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord.